All right, guys, this is the Genesis Project podcast here with Rocky Bangoa and Death Proof. If you guys want to introduce yourselves real quick. I'm Mike Verlinich. Yeah, and I'm Nick Verlinich. Uh, father and son duo here on this thing today. I want to explain to you guys what Rocky Bangoa or where Rocky Bangoa comes from. I'll explain it to you guys too. Is that when I was younger, probably high school, it wasn't high school, I played football. And my math teacher was all about the smallest kid out there and help it like pumping me up and all that. So every time, I, one day I walked in and he's like, hey, wait, wait, wait up, don't come in yet. I was like, okay. And so he starts playing the Rocky theme song. He's like, you got to come in here now, come in here. And I was like, what? This is crazy. So he started calling me Rocky Bengoa from that day on. And it was like every other day he'd play this theme song for me. And it was pretty amazing. And then I just was like, Rocky Bengoa, Rocky Balboa. It's it's meant to be. It's meant That's to right. be. So the YouTube channel I created is Rocky Bengoa. And for the podcast now, I'll be going for Rocky Bengoa. But Rocky Bengoa. So, so you guys all know. If you are interested, now you know. You know it either way. So anyways, guys, you guys own Death Proof. That's why you guys are here. You've done some things with Genesis Project, like the Runway Show. You guys have a venue in the back of the coffee shop, which is pretty amazing. And you guys are actually carrying some of the clothes right now, I think, too, right? Yeah, we've got uh, we've got some of your clothing merchandise. We've got some of our own. Um, we're, we're hoping to have more of all of the above in the near future. So, mm-hmm. all of that. And Nick, you, because you guys have, all right. So this this coffee shop. I guess we'll talk about that first because did it all start with the mission of coffee? Because you guys, if you guys don't know, this Death Proof has a huge venue behind it. I just said that. But it's big, and it's bigger than just a coffee shop. And if you guys ever want to go there, it's on Fairview and Five Mile. Corner so. Fairview and Five Mile and what used to be Kmart, if, mm-hmm. if anybody's familiar with that. We've got 12,500 square feet. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, no, the mission always was coffee and, and venue, uh, performing arts, uh, community space, a uh, great place for corporate meetings. What we came out here to do um, was, like, it to set up a space um, and atmosphere that was that's accepting um, towards anybody, you know, a space that anybody could uh, show up and feel comfortable in. Mm-hmm. And the concert, um, coffee shop, um, whole that whole vibe. Like when you go to a concert, you're 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 amongst a bunch of people that are all there for the same reason. You're you're all listening to the same bands. Mm-hmm. You know, you like the same things to a degree, anyways. Um, and, or, and or you just have a love of music. Exactly. You know, whatever the even case if you is. don't like the bands, you love music, yeah. and so you love the people mm-hmm. that are in the music scene. Exactly. And so a lot of times, um, uh, for me, anyways, I I kind of like the the coffee shop scene, the the concert scene. Those are those are both places that. Um, pretty universally, I feel like people uh, feel welcomed in. They feel like they can be themselves in. Yeah. Um, and so we we knew going into this that those were two things um, that really captured that accepting, uh, loving atmosphere that we wanted to create in whatever we like, whatever business venture we were. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love coffee and and you know hot chocolate and smoothies and just things to make you feel good inside and right. and, and to be in an atmosphere yeah. where you can hang out with friends and have conversations. Yeah. and do all those kinds of things, all along with uh, uh, then providing uh, a, a coffee experience. We try to provide a coffee experience that's kind of uh, unpretentious, uh, high-quality coffee uh, and, and kind of everything that we serve, high-quality, yeah. but in a, in a way that, 
nobody ever feels out of place. That same accessibility and uh, yeah. accepting, you know, like, because when you, when you walk into coffee shops, uh, like, I know that for me, even a lot of times um, when I started, like, drinking coffee years ago and stuff, I would walk into places and not know what any of the names of any of the drinks meant or anything yeah. like that, you know, and you just kind of order the drink that is the safest name on the, you know, yeah. the whatever you can pronounce, and yeah. that's what you just go with, that kind of deal. Oh, and, yeah. And, and we, wanted, we wanted to help, like, eliminate that feeling that people have and, and kind of be able to bring that the, the quality of, like, a, a, of craft or, like, more caring coffee shop places and then make it accessible, like, franchises uh, and things like that, bigger, uh, easier places to order and stuff like that, you know, which, again, goes right in line with the overall atmosphere that we were trying to create, that that has been the thing, that accepting feeling that we wanted to have. Yeah, well, I'd say that you guys have created that pretty <laughs> pretty well the times that I've, that I've been in there and just, like, meeting you guys. You guys already give me the feeling that I can be myself. Like, sitting here with you guys, I can be vulnerable, I can be authentic, I can be all that. Especially, like, with Mikel. Like, what you told Mikel when, at the runway show, it was, alright, what do you want to do with this runway show? Give me the biggest thing right before you guys set up. Let me tell me everything. And Mikel's like, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. And you're like, let's make this happen. And that's like, I think, what, and what you guys are, you have this big family. And I'm talking about family, I'm talking about 11 kids. Yep, there's 11. Children 11 kids. Family. This is a family-owned business. So it's a family of 13. So I guess you kind of have to learn how to do that, huh? As a parent to 11 kids, like, I'm going to yeah, give you the I want everybody to become who they were created to be and, yeah. and encourage them whatever direction that is and not set any preconceived notions on, you know, you're going to be a, the doctor and you're going to be the scientist mm -hmm. and you're, you're going to be the musician and, and you're going to be the artist. And, and we don't do any of that. I mean, we, we encourage them to go the places that that they want to go and sometimes uh sometimes kids have taken off in directions and thought you know this is my thing i love this i'm really good at it and then down the line for a, a while go yeah i'm really good at this and i love to do it but this isn't the thing yeah um and, and then to to be okay with that you know it's, it's okay to fail um it's okay to fall down uh failure is only permanent when you don't get back up mm-hmm you know, and so that we encourage that, and we encourage that with with everybody who comes in. Then, so you know, when, when we're talking about the venue and and uh, the the runway project was was a great example of Mikael came in and said, I, "I'd like to do this," and I'm like, "No, tell me what you really want to do. Mm -hmm. What would you like to see? What's the long term? What do you hope?" out of this and then let's see how we can cooperate collaborate uh, come together with you to help you achieve those dreams and and have a a mutually beneficial relationship this is good for us you bring a bunch of people in this is good for you we we have a a great production um everybody involved did an amazing job all of the models mm -hmm. and all of the musicians and everybody who was there contributed to a, a, an amazing evening mm-hmm and so since then, has there have you guys noticed an incline of people showing up there, or has it just what's that oh, been like? Oh, definitely. With every with every show that we uh, that we do, every event that we have, um, at, it's just at steady. Group. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a, a recurring theme of people coming in the the next following days and stuff like that. It's funny. Anytime we do a, a concert or anything, we will mark hands and stuff like that. You know, give them a mm -hmm. stamp, and then uh, over the next couple days, we can see like all the marked hands come back. Who washes and, their hands? Yeah, right. they go to a concert. <laughs> right. Who takes off the wristband? Uh, Nobody right, does. Right. It. Exactly. Exactly. So that's been really cool. Um, to, to see that and mm -hmm. and uh, like I honestly 
Um, that's like the biggest thing is just people not knowing that we're here. Because when people show up in the shop when when they've had a chance to try the coffee and everything, and, or to be at an event or whatever, for the most part, everybody's everybody's always come back and stuff, which is which has been really cool to see. Yeah, so. I just actually started working at a coffee shop called Coffee Studio. It's on Chinden. Oh yep, yeah, great and, place. Yep. And I'm learning that coffee is semi like beer, where you every place has their own kind. You got to mm-hmm. figure out what you like. It's a a big tasting process. So. It's kind of different because every yeah. coffee shop really has their own unique taste. Yeah, people pull sure. shots differently. For sure. And I'm learning how to do all that now, so it's kind of interesting just to watch. Well, and it's and it's funny that you like you mentioned that because, um, like honestly, uh, a lot of because like so so dad has been dad has been interested in coffee for obviously a lot longer than I have. He's been alive a lot longer than I have. Yeah. Um, but like did roasting and stuff and and had that kind of care for coffee. I've always enjoyed coffee. I've always liked really good coffee. Um, but this is the first time that I've really ever sunk myself entirely into it in any yeah. way like that. Um, my wife, Kristen, is actually the one who, she designed all of our menu. Um, she yeah. had all of the coffee knowledge on the front end. If we didn't have her, we probably wouldn't have even decided to do a coffee shop right. because neither of us had it, all of yeah, that knowledge yeah. that you're talking yeah. about with like how to pull shots, how all of those individual <clears throat> like tiny things work. The reason Death Proof tastes the way it does is a lot of, that's just Kristen, you know, yeah. like, like she did a lot to make sure and, and set us up uh, to be able to do that. And I'm like, so you guys have been married for how long? Uh, just a, a little over three years now, actually. And yeah. how old are both you guys? Uh, I'm 22 and she's 21. We got married. Wow. Uh, she was 18. I was 19. So. That's crazy. Yeah. That's amazing, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, uh, Definitely. Yeah, like just 18. Then yeah, 18. yeah, yeah. She was five days, 18. Wow. <laughs> and you said, yeah. let's hook, let's make this happen. Yep, yep. And actually, so we got married in, uh, in it was September 5th, and then uh, my parents moved out here to Idaho in uh, the following October. Yeah, the end of October, yep. so a month and a half later, two yep. months later. From? Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so all the way on the other side. Yeah. So... Yeah, we lived in uh, northwestern Minnesota. About 40 minutes from Fargo, North Dakota. is like Generally, when yeah. I say Minnesota, everybody's like, okay, it's cold up there. I know that. And then I say Fargo. And they're like, oh, the TV show. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. it's really cold. There's <laughs> lots of snow. And so we, we, we're always amused when it snows here in Boise. And, and uh, everybody loses their minds. Um, <laughs> Yes, snow is when, not. When did you guys move here? Uh, three years ago. Oh, so, so you guys, yeah, you we, guys were here, we were oh, here. We were here. We were here for the worst snowfires. So, so that was that was uh, amazing. So, in, in yeah. my neighborhood, uh, I've got a bunch of people in my neighborhood who are from all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, <laughs> many of them have never lived in snow areas at all, mm-hmm. and and then a lot of them that came from the West Coast and don't see a lot of snow, and so that that. That big snow we had a couple of years ago, uh, I, I get in my little Volkswagen Beetle and pull out of the driveway and go driving down the road through eight inches of snow, and they're all looking at me and 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 how are you doing that? Yeah. So boys, honestly, I mean we get snow, but we haven't got snow like that for a long time. People don't know how to drive in the snow here. No, <laughs> no. no yeah. it's. I mean, well, and I think it, it's funny because, like, it snows here and it just melts right away. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it, the, the biggest difference is, like, out here, snow is, like, actually snow. Back home in, in Minnesota, uh, it snows a lot, but a lot of times it's, like, 
it's so cold that it's just like tiny ice crystals. It's yeah. not even really like yeah, fluffy just snow. Pounds you, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So like out here, it's just like it's it's totally different, and it's n- it's it doesn't snow enough frequently enough for Boise to have a bunch of snow removal yeah. like equipment, and so they just let it melt in the afternoon. It'll be fine. It'll be gone by this yeah, afternoon. Yeah, but not that year, because, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh, the all of the subdivisions were awful, and then it, like, turned into slush, and it would turn into ice, and it would melt again. Yeah. Yeah. It was, honestly, because yeah. yeah. I grew up in Garden Valley, and I don't know if okay. you guys know, know where that's at. That's up in the mountains, so that's Idaho Mountains. Yeah. You get, like, uh, from in between four to it ten feet, it actually snows. It snows. You get real right. snow. You really learn how to drive in the snow there because it's you kind of have to. For sure, for sure. And in Boise, it's like I'm. I, I honestly love snow driving. I really enjoy yep. it. Oh yeah, I think it's yeah. crazy. Oh, I think it's fun. Definitely, definitely. But you have the people that are like. I mean, I guess sometimes it's kind of you can't really guess what's going to happen because all of a sudden you're going to be going sideways and you don't know. That's kind of hard about the snow. But some people are just like, ah, what are you doing? Yeah, it's been fun. It's it's been fun. What do you do? What do you do? do? (laughs) Wow. So, with all the snow in Minnesota, you guys have 11 kids. When did you guys get married, you and your wife? Uh, So, we will be married 24 years this March. Mm -hmm. And we have... uh, yeah, we got a bunch of kids, and uh, the youngest one in the home is four. Yeah. So your little right ones now. at home still, yeah, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, and then I brought one to the party, or 22 is last, and then I brought one to the party that's 30. Okay, and that was your own kid before yeah. you guys got Yeah, married. so we have 10, and then he was he was mm-hmm. number 11, but we have 11 because yeah. he was with us, so. It's like a little orphanage. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it, it's it's fun to, it, it's it's fun when somebody says, "Hey, you want to come over and bring your family over for dinner?" And it's like, you know, it'd be a whole lot easier for you to come over to our place yeah. because adding three, four more is not a big deal, but adding thirteen to your menu plan is a big deal. Yeah, and to your house, it's a lot. That's how our family was too, and we have seven, which is a decent size. Absolutely. Though yeah. a lot of people came to our house rather yeah. than going over there because bringing an army of kids is kind of mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Yeah, right. <laughs> what do we do with exactly. this? Yeah. Exactly. How do we feed them all? Yeah. What do I eat? Where do yeah. we put them? Uh-huh. Because in our family, we're very used to making big, lots of food, lots of drinks, lots <laughs> of this and that. Yeah, and man. You guys so, are than that. Yeah, dude. Well, so like, uh, to give you an idea, so like, uh, I did a lot of, like, growing up in the house, I did a lot of, like, uh, cooking and helping with, like, kids stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, all yeah. of us were all of us were homeschooled. Um, and mm-hmm. so when it came to, like, normal food prep and stuff like that, like, a lot of us helped with those kinds of things, you mm-hmm. know? So I was pretty familiar with cooking large quantities of food, you know? Like, like enough for 10 kids. And uh, so... <laughs> Then when I got married, uh, there's only two people in the house, you know? And so Kristen and I, we go grocery shopping for the first time after we got married, and I'm, I'm throwing, like, the double pack of the giant things of peanut butter in mm-hmm. there and getting, like, two gallons of milk. And, like, I'm shopping like I'm still living at home yeah. and, you know, grocery shopping mm-hmm. for the family. And I get back and I'm unloading everything into the counters and like we go through the week and I've got all this food that went bad. And I'm like, I do not understand. We always eat all of the food. So like, what's the deal? And it was just like, you're one person now. There's not 10. You don't have to cook like you're cooking for 10 people anymore. And that was a pretty weird transition to go (laughs) through of like, oh, 
cooking way smaller portions yeah. now. So. Oh, I heard that story because I've been through the same thing too. Because I moved out now, it's just me and my brother. Yeah, and he's been out for on a, on his own for a while now, and right. I've kind of just been back and forth being out. And so I moved in there, and I was like, "Let's go to Costco. I'll go get everything." And I'm like, "Bring home all this stuff." And he's like, "Dude, there was no point in getting all this." Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah. <laughs> so, that bag of chips you just bought—we don't need that in two weeks. <laughs> well, it's like, the, yeah, the, the getting half gallons of milk instead of full. You know what I mean? Like, it's we just, don't buy hamburger seven pounds at a time. Yeah, yeah, that. it's that kind of stuff you don't think about until after. It's like, oh, got it. Yep. So when he moved out, was it, did you like notice his presence was gone or was it like, there's just still a lot of kids? Yeah, no, it, it, uh, so, so each one of them, uh, brings unique, uh, uh, unique talents to the table. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Nick had a lot of things that he did and he took care of and he was our comedic relief in the house Mm -hmm. and and kind of the tension breaker when in there ever anything got a little heated and. And, uh, so yeah, there was definitely a gaping hole. Um, and, and now his, his next brother down, Isaac, who does all of the lighting production mm-hmm. and, and all of the stuff at the, at the yeah. venue, uh, does all of the, the sound and video stuff. And, uh, he, he brings another, uh, whole group of talent to, to the table and, uh, he'll be out of the house shortly as well. Yeah. And so the, there'll be another gaping hole. <laughs> it's like that um, next man up mentality. It yeah. is. Who's it, showing up this time. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's been nice to have them all out here together, um, and, and involved in the businesses, uh, because they all do bring very different skill sets to the table. And without that, we would, we could never do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was definitely like, I mean, I never, I didn't really expect to, because, um, like, I, I've worked a, a few different jobs as far as, like, um, I haven't had really many real jobs as far as, like, uh, I, I worked at a post office briefly when I was, like, uh, 16. I typed shipping labels up. Um, and then after that, um, I've worked for with dad um, or doing graphic Disaster design restoration. That was yeah. Fun. Oh, I did. Yeah. I did a summer of construction, uh, construction in the post office. Those were the two only like official, like real jobs I've had. Other than that, I've worked for dad or done like graphic design and stuff like that. As if somehow that isn't work. Yeah. Uh, right. Or, right. No, but that's like, not real. Yeah. <laughs> it's all real work. <laughs> well, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where like, I, I guess I never thought that like, um, so like with Ike um, and my sister Gabby and stuff, uh, I never really expected to get to work with them. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like in a in an environment that is more of like a traditional workspace or whatever, mm-hmm. but one that we created and and control and get to uh, like kind of build a, a comfortable work environment. You know, like I'm not. It's it's not it doesn't have to be a place where all of the coworkers hate each other and you you don't like enjoy going to work mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So we're in control of that, but I'm also I get to work with family, you know, which is yeah. a ton of fun. Um and and being able to see how um like all of those guys have, have grown and stuff, like watching Ike um be able to hone all of his talents and everything through the venue and, and my sister Gabby and stuff like that has been a really cool part of it that I didn't necessarily expect to have, you know. Uh-huh. So, see, that's what I was thinking about because you guys are very family oriented, obviously. So, bringing how many kids do you have working for you now? How many of your own kids? Two of them right now. Two of my siblings. 
And you. And yeah, so, all so, in so, yeah, so Nick and in Kristen and Isaac and Gabrielle, yes. Yeah. All all work for you. All work. Yeah. So is there like so for and you being a venue. Yeah. So for you being a dad, is it very and you guys being a big family, mm-hmm. you, you have tension. It's mm-hmm. easily seen, right? Yeah. In between the siblings. What? Is, yeah. Tension and relationships that happen. That's crazy, man. Who knows? I I've never figured out whatever. <clears throat> anyway, so you guys get tension, right? So were you like as a family, do you guys break that off pretty easy or does it ever stay there or does it just, as a family, do you support it? I mean, so like for us, it's, it's funny because like if anything, um, <laughs> if anything, people get to know us pretty quick um, working uh, or coming into the venue to do mm-hmm. anything like that because if there ever is any of those kinds of uh, tension or anything like that, most of the time people will see it um, because really the way that we work, like we try not to, like we don't harbor anything or like let yeah. those tiny things like just fester or anything. It's always taken care of right away. And sometimes that looks awkward for other people involved as far as like, oh, no, I'm, standing, I'm standing here watching dad and son have a conversation that like an owner and an employee wouldn't necessarily have in that fashion and and like so there's there's those things but like to me um to me I think we uh we genuinely are always trying to uh see the best in one another as far as like all of us that's part of because we're family and and even with the employees that we have that aren't family employees um, like I said, I'm trying to build a workspace that, that is, is a comfortable one. And so when those, te- uh, areas of tension arrive, we, we really try to encourage each other to, uh, directly, uh, confront and yeah. talk to the person that they have those kinds of th- issues with, you know, and like work through them. That's, that's the environment that yeah. we promote is, yeah, if there is something that you are questioning or have a problem with, or that you feel I did something different or wrong or whatever the case is, like, please immediately talk to me about it. So have you guys seen the employees that aren't family? Well, now are. They're in your family. Have you seen them though, start adapting that? And those yeah, kind of mentalities? Yeah, I mean, it it, uh, it definitely is something um, where it, it's funny to to see the things that that uh, like I've watched with my family growing up, obviously mm-hmm. for forever. That I've seen these things be normal things, and and then to start working with other other people and realize, oh, these aren't necessarily things that everybody does all the time. But then to see, uh, then to see those things start to be adapted and stuff like that. And because I think like when it, when it boils down to like work environments, everybody wants to have a good work environment, Mm -hmm. you know? And and so like, we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. And, and so like, I, uh, even though there are moments where I'm like, Oh, yep. Sorry. You have to deal with family stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think the interesting dynamic as well is that we are a group of people who are all very passionate about whatever it is we're passionate about. And so, uh, and they're all very different yes, things. Yes, Nick's wife, Kristen, is very passionate about certain aspects of the coffee shop that absolutely have to be a certain way. And for me, they may not be as important. And so yeah. I'll look at her and go, is that really that important? And she'll look at me and go, yes. Yeah. And I'll go, okay. okay. And, and, you know, <laughs> and, and, and then the same thing with Nick and the same thing with Isaac and the same thing with Gabby. Yeah. That everybody is very passionate about different aspects of it. And, and so the cool thing that comes out of that is then... Uh, where where oftentimes somebody goes into something and they're passionate about one thing or one aspect, 
we've got a number of people, my wife, Amy as well, is is involved heavily in in promotion and graphics and, mm-hmm. and uh, other things that, that... How do people take you guys in? Walk into your family and be like, wow, this is a lot. Is that, is that how it happens? I, I, I think so. I think we're pretty intense. Uh, yeah. Kind of well, occasionally. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I think I think one thing that people... Like, you'll love us when you get to know us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and like, it's, it's, it's the... Because I know, like, I consciously was... It was something that I was trying to make sure that we uh, didn't stumble on, like, when we started the coffee shop and stuff. Because we did have just family working for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just my siblings and I... Um, and, and, and my wife, Kristen, and, and I wanted to make sure, cause I, I do think it's intimidating to have like a, a family owned business and a family that has so many kids and that are doing so many different things. Like we're not all solely interested in coffee and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like we all have our own interests and things that we enjoy and, and, and those things that we try to bring into, into the business as a whole. Um, and, and so it was something that I was nervous about, like, oh man, I don't, I don't ever want people to not want to bring resumes in or not want to apply Mm -hmm. because like, oh, I don't like there, that's a family thing. And like, I I don't want to be the odd man out in a a family Mm -hmm. environment. Um, and, and so like, I, (laughs) like I, we wanted to work really hard at, at trying to, to, to make everybody feel like family coming in and to encourage everybody that, that comes in. Um, whether they're just renting the space for an event or, or whether it's someone that is applying for a job, you know, that, that they, um, that we push them the same way that we push each other, uh, in our family and stuff like that to, to constantly be growing and to be chasing after like what, uh, your interests are and in stuff like that. Cause that's mom and dad have always encouraged, uh, like kind of like he said earlier, like I've never, I've never felt like I didn't have complete control over what I wanted to do or what I was able to do in my life. You know, I yeah. never had, I never had parents tell me like, ah, yeah, I, you know, even though you're good at that, you probably shouldn't do that. Cause there's not really job security in that, yeah. you know, which, which I'm, I'm fortunate uh, in cause you know, I realized after kind of getting out of the house that there are a lot of people that don't necessarily have that, you know, mm-hmm. that they were just told that, you know, you need to find something that'll, that'll make you money and, and set you up for life. You Isn't know? it weird to think about that? Because our, I guess our families are really similar. The more that I think about it, just the way that we're very intense, we're all very close. Yeah. Like my siblings are like my best friends. Yeah. And I, I choose to hang out with them because I want for sure. to. For sure. And our family is very, like you said, intense. I think we're very heavy. Where um, when people walk into the house, it's like, oh my gosh, what is this? Yeah. Like, I've never seen a family like this before. And we mm-hmm. get that a lot because our family is very... It's intimidating. It's intimidating. And people are kind of like, really? This actually is real? And then on the other side of the spectrum, it's like, I think for both of us, it's like, really? It's real that we there's not parents that support what we want to do? Yeah. There's not parents that are, like, they're telling the kids what to do. Like, yeah. we're very... All right, go try this. Go try yeah, this. Exactly, go try this. If you don't exactly. get it, come back. We'll have you try this. And yeah. it's, it's so different. Like uh, not that the other one's bad either. I'm not no, gonna say it's bad. no, no. Like obvious, no, but obviously, the only failure is failing to try. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so like uh, uh, a good example. Um, when I when I graduated, um, I at the time I was very interested in. Um, doing graphic design and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. I still do currently. But at the time, I had launched a, a, a business um, of graphic design that was specializing in producing T-shirts and stuff like that. Okay. I thought that clothing was the direction that I wanted to go. 
Um, and so when I graduated, I put all of the money that I, I got from, from graduation, everything that I had saved from the last few years, I put into that business mm -hmm. for t-shirts, um, specifically for t-shirts. And I talked to mom and dad about that. I talked about all the business stuff. I had set everything up as much as I possibly could for success. You know, mm -hmm. I planned for everything that I thought uh, I needed to. And um, I, I launched that business and I sold everything. I sold all my inventory. I cleared all of it and everything like that, but not at a fast enough speed to make a profit to continue doing it. Yeah. So overall, I failed. I fell on my face. Um, and I didn't have anybody standing over me at that point in time being like, yeah, see, told you so. Should have should have just went and got a normal job like mm -hmm. everybody else and, and, you know, done that. Uh, if anything, it was, no, this is, don't quit. Don't stop doing that. This is, we just need to figure out a different way to do this. You just mm -hmm. didn't do it right this time. We'll figure out and what did you learn? What, what can you take away from that and bring it to the next step of this? Um, and I think if it hadn't been for a lot of that, I probably wouldn't have done any, I wouldn't have kept doing the graphic stuff. And if I hadn't kept doing the graphic stuff, like, I don't know what death proof would look like. Cause that's, I do all of our graphic work like and everything, does. you know? And, and if we didn't approach every, everything that we do like that, um, each event wouldn't continue to get better and, mm -hmm. and we wouldn't notice the, Ooh, we didn't think of that or right. we could have done this better. In fact, when we have events on Friday or Saturday, then generally on Mondays, we get together as a group and sit down and debrief and say what went well, what didn't go as we expected, what went poorly, and then what modifications can we make next time around to make right. this better. So what happened with the runway show? What was your guys' uh, debrief of that? I'm uh, interested. So, so you know what, all in all, and I think that was one of our, was one of our first, or was that our second? Yeah, definitely. Event? It was, yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it was, I'm pretty sure it was the second event that we had. Um, and so we were, we were really early on in our event planning processes yeah. and stuff like that. So there was a lot of stuff that we just really hadn't accounted for. It was stuff that we hadn't thought of and stuff like that. So yeah, how, the, to, how to connect with everybody and have everybody in the right places at the right time yeah. to keep a show moving smoothly yeah, uh, how to control our space uh, backstage. Yeah, I was gonna say um, I think was like probably the biggest one that we I would we agree with that with one. That. Um, yeah, it, yeah, and and we made immediate modifications. In fact, that was that was the impetus to the 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 system that we use now to control backstage. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and even like, even just the, that was, that was the show that kind of made me realize how much, or like how much my presence is needed in the, in just like the, the, the schedule of the night. Like even if somebody else is, is planning the event that I need to be aware of that just so that yeah. we're on the same page, you know, mm -hmm. cause like Mikel had come in um, with Riley and had talked with dad and they had had a lot of conversation about like what that night looked like. Um, and I was kind of facilitating more of the band side of things. Um, but I hadn't had any communication with the bands before that night. Yeah. And so like, I had learned a lot about like what is required as far as, um, from my end of things and, and being in communication with everybody and making sure yeah. that everybody's on the same page to keep everything running smoothly. Because if anything, the, the bumps that happened that night were directly caused from, from people not being on the same page. With yeah, things. it was lack yeah. of lack of internal communication. Exactly. And, exactly. And, and a lack of proper planning on our part. And in order to yep. do a successful large-scale event, 
uh, at any time in any place. And it doesn't really matter what the event is, whether it's a birthday party or a wedding or a, or a concert mm -hmm. or a runway show. It, it doesn't matter what the event is in order for those events to to go off seamlessly. There's a, a huge amount of planning that's involved yeah. in making that happen. You know the planning that went in on your end to mm. get the runway stuff together, to get the dancers together, to get the walk. I mean, how long did you guys walk in the house here? Yeah. To, 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 to just get everybody in order and say, okay, and, and at this time when the music is here, you start and, and, and this is the way you walk and here's your stop and, and here's you, you, you get two poses or three poses at the end of the uh, runway and, and then you turn and you walk back and you walk back like this and you went through all of those things yeah. because it was very evident when we had the run, when we had the, the models on the runway, it was very evident that those things had been walked through. Yeah. Somebody sure. had thought that out. For sure. Yeah. It was a lot. And a lot goes to every piece of it. <clears throat> like the lights. Yeah. And definitely. whatever you guys do. Maybe next time there's bouncers. I don't even know about that. Yeah. Well, security. See, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's... Well, and that's... we do have. We do have. And we did have. But we didn't have... Uh, we didn't plan for as many bodies backstage as what we ended up having. Yeah. yeah. And and so, I mean, we know that it takes it takes one staff person for every so many people yeah, um, yeah. And, and what we ended up with is we ended up with more people than we had planned for so we were short staffed yeah um and some of those things are uh we're glad that it happened with you guys yeah um only because we had rapport and and so yeah. you know everybody was fine and because of that then everybody in the future benefits yeah you know um, guinea pigs yeah exactly <laughs> exactly oh man that was a lot of fun you guys really hosted a great place it was well, a great atmosphere you. for all of that to really happen and all the thank welcome you. like i didn't even because i met you once i don't even know i think the first time i met you was the other day yeah when i was yeah. there on that sunday yeah for sure and i just remember meeting you maybe one time we talked that one day that i came and helped so i stood up there for a while and then at the runway show you just came up to me and gave me the biggest hug. And I was like, where did this even come from? I don't even know you, <laughs> yeah. but I love it. <laughs> and it was just so fun. And, and like, you guys just did a great job. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not your parent and I'm not any part of it, but I was proud of you guys. I, yeah. I was proud of, of what you had accomplished and how you had thought it through and, and, uh, how it, it, it came out the way that Mikael had planned, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, I mean, it, for sure. Riley's standing back in a booth with me at one point in time and, 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 uh, kicking through music and, and he's just like, wow, you know, I can't yeah. believe that this is, is, this is what yeah, we, we, this yeah, is what we talked about. We're here. Know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We made it finally mm -hmm. seeing it, you know, yeah. and like similar to, I think that's part of, uh, um, what kind of, uh, drew us to working with you guys and stuff too on the on the front end is uh, we uh, obviously in starting the space like we've talked about how um, one of the things that that we that we wanted with with that uh, with the venue was to be able to bring a quality space and make it accessible to local bands you know to give them um, a, a platform to succeed on you know mm -hmm. and and so like similar to to Mikkel and you know talking about like wanting to be your best self and you know mm -hmm. be you. Um, it 
makes us happy to see people come in and and do things uh, and, and be and successful an opp- opportunity to, to, exactly, to be their best to, to, to think for themselves yeah. you know not just do things the same way as everybody else to not just go and 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 buy into the same exact thing that everybody else is going through but to actually go and do something and 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 to be successful at it, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? To like have those opportunities and stuff. From a, from a venue perspective, there are a ton of great venues in for town. Sure, mm-hmm. For sure, for um, sure. And, and just an amazing music community in Oh general. my God, yeah. I can't even, don't even like get me started on Boise's. I like, I, so one of the biggest things, sorry, I just have to, Minnesota does not have, I, I was not as old as I was as I am now, but like Minnesota did not have half the music scene that Boise has. Really? So not, yeah, not even, not even, not even kind of. Dude, the amount of I'd never experienced a house show before coming to to Idaho yeah. here, and uh, <clears throat> so like all of that, the music scene was a huge inspiration for like the venue side of it. You know, that was a huge reason why we did that was because uh, like I'm standing here looking around and I'm like, oh, oh my god, like how how is nobody doing this yet? You know what I mean? As far as there's so much here, there's so many talented, incredibly talented people um, just clamoring for the opportunity to, to be able to perform. That's what's and, interesting and because that's what, that's what it's been. And as of recently, and I just love to give a lot of my uh, cre- credit to Mikkel because he's been a real inspiration for me too. Just And he's my younger brother and he's given me a platform to dance and to model and try new things. Mm-hmm. And the since I've been a part of this, my eyes have been open to the talent that is around Boise. Right. And just welcoming the people that are around yeah. me. That's what I love doing this for is because I can talk to business owners. I can talk to whoever the hell I want to. Maybe yeah. somebody that hasn't found their passion yet. Yep. And then they can come on here, sit exactly. down. We can talk about what they're interested in. All of a sudden, maybe something sparks. Yeah. I mean, I'm really just, I'm really happy that you guys see it too because it's like this place is really, there's kids that are just yeah. so talented, so amazing, and they just need the support. They need the backbone and the platform to become who they want to be. Well, and the encouragement to yeah to, to, to try see. something. That's what I mean. I mean we, yeah, we love to see people become what they were created to become. Yeah, and, and to help to help guide that process or to help facilitate that process in any way we can. The the venue space is such a great opportunity for for uh, young bands who are just getting together to come into a space and and be able to have. It, quality sound you know yeah, studio like sound and, yeah. and and big big facility like lighting yeah. and stuff where they can get promo photos and great video and and all of that stuff when they're starting out so they don't have to shoot themselves with a camera in the garage yeah and and trying to promote themselves in, in that fashion yeah. uh and that's one of the biggest one of the biggest hurdles when you're getting started is how do you get yourself out there and, and and make yourself look good enough that people actually want to buy in to well, whatever it is that you're doing. And and how do you and how do you like make money making other people successful? You know, like trying to figure yeah. out like And where where do, where does where do you cross the line? Like exactly. it starts as a passion, it starts as yeah. I really want to put these people on. Yeah. And then you're like, I need some way to support me doing this. Right, exactly, so. exactly. And, and, and honestly, and trying to find that middle ground has been probably the biggest thing that, that we've had to work through and stuff because I, 
I do genuinely want to see people succeed. And, and when people come in trying to book a show or whatever, that, that, that is my goal is to try and get them to, to be playing a show that there are people at that we both made money at. You know what I mean? Like that is, oh. that's the situation, you know? Yeah. And, and one of the things, one of the things that we've, we've seen recently and, and I never realized how big a deal it was, but these, these, uh, new bands that are just starting up or even bands that have been around for a while, uh, merch is such a huge oh, money yeah. driver definitely, for them. Definitely. And so many of them, uh, because they're so focused on their music art, they don't focus on the business side of, of the music and merch is, is, a, is a money machine. Whoa. When you look at stadium bands that are playing around the country and, and bands that have been playing stadiums for 40 and 50 years, some of them, mm -hmm. and, and while there's money, huge money to be made and in the stadium show itself... The, the ongoing money in those places comes from the, the merch that well, is yeah. licensed and being peddled all over the place all yeah. the time. Mm -hmm. they, they're not making no. money on, on the, the two thousandths of a cent they get from no. a streamed That's, piece of music. I was just going to say, I was like, again, having, like being in the music scene and stuff and like, Having music on streaming platforms, you don't make any money from from yeah. streaming. That that's not where any of it comes from. I want to say that the like last year, the music industry made the, somewhere around like four billion dollars or something like that, like billions, right? And and artists made like less than four percent of that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that is insane. And and the only way you make money doing any of that is through through merch sales and stuff like that. And so being able to like like well, I said, ongoing presence too, because I feel yeah. like a lot of people can like not to downgrade rappers or anything but a lot of it i feel like if you're gonna keep 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 on i mean i love rap i'm more of like a definitely a rap kind of a person for sure, for sure. i like right. concerts and stuff but if you're gonna go on stage i feel like playing your own music is very important yeah definitely. um definitely. a lot of rappers go up there and they lip sync or they right. either um have it playing and they'll just do the hype parts of their song yeah which yeah. i don't necessarily really in, like I like it, but it's kind yeah, of hard to really connect with. For sure. And like I've realized, though, from listening to some of the rappers, is that touring is a big thing because you're constantly going around, you have your table set up, mm -hmm. you have your merch, mm -hmm. and you're getting more and more people around the world mm -hmm. to connect to what you're doing. And if you're just exactly. sitting there, you know, yeah. putting music out on your computer, yeah. and then, you know, spending all your money, you're going to lose... It's not grounded anymore. It's You're just... Hands eh. down. Iffy. Hands down. So that's something that, that is, and it's, and it's any genre, it, it, you know. Yeah. So not to just pick on 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 one because it, it happens with everybody. It's, yeah. And it's, honestly, it's it is. It's about putting you know? yourself out there. Uh, one of the one of the great things that that we have an opportunity to do is uh, we have a three or four band show, and if it's local bands that maybe have small followings, and let's say each of them have a few hundred followers only in in the in the valley. Mm -hmm. But if they show up and each of them bring 40 followers, now each band has been exposed to 120 people that they weren't exposed to yeah. before. And maybe they pick up 20, 30, 40 new ones. And each and every time they do that, their fan base grows. And so next thing you know, instead of hundreds, it's thousands. And then it's ten thousands. Mm. And then it's hundred thousands. And, and then you, you actually start getting paid to show up instead of having to just... <laughs> uh, pay yeah. to get yourself to wherever yeah. it is you're going to show yeah. up and hope you can come up with gas money for the next thing. Yeah, um, but agree. but everybody's got to start somewhere, and, and you can't you can't uh, you can't expect somebody else to finance your rise to the top. Yeah, 
you know, you, you we, we invest in things and you invest in things and you, you invest in your craft. Mm -hmm. And some of that is the time and the money and the, you know, the time it takes to get there. And the faith. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of faith. A lot of, that's what I'm realizing is that wherever I, my journey is, is that being grounded is one of the most important things because I can just leap into something with blind faith. And if I got nothing to fall onto, I just am empty. That's my personal belief in myself. Like I'm realizing that for myself is if I jump and I don't catch anything, I at least have something to come back to. And that's what are my morals, my yeah, belief, yeah. whatever that is. That's like, that's why like earlier when I mentioned like, um, as far as just people like doing things, um, for themselves and not just doing something because somebody else told them that they should be interested in it mm -hmm. or that they should do that or whatever the case is like that that thing to make a decision because it's what you believe in then at least if it fails or whatever it's it's a decision that you made and you can mm -hmm. stand behind that and like i did i i made this decision i believe i believe in this and, and so like you're it's still okay you know whereas yeah. if somebody else pushes that and you try something and it fails then it's it's not even yours, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, if, if you don't have that, then what do you have at that point? Mm -hmm. a, a failed project and something you don't believe in? Mm -hmm. Like, that, <laughs> Yeah. you know? So. so through all your endeavors, your journey of the clothes, and you do music, and the yeah. coffee shop, you ha you've had your wife through most of it, right? Yeah, definitely. Through a big definitely. party, I mean, the last three years. Yeah. So you said Well, a couple of years before that. Yeah, so we've actually, so we've been to, we've been together for, for four years now. Okay. Um, yeah, that, so that's actually what the, the number, the tattoos are, uh -huh. my numbers are for the years that we've been together okay. and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, Kristen, Kristen's been... Um, yeah, a huge inspiration. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a good word. I don't even, yeah, I don't even know what to, the, the majority of the things that I feel proud uh, of accomplishing in life have happened since I met Kristen. Yeah. Um, I think he's pretty cool, but <laughs> she thinks he's better than I do. Yeah. <laughs> she and, definitely uh, is great as fan. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I mean, and like cool. as as cliche as it sounds, I mean, she's pushed she's pushed me to do things and and to to be things that uh, I I don't know that I would have been able to or that I would have even tried to do had they had it just been me, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, like I said, the the coffee shop for sure wouldn't exist in this capacity. Um, we would have done something else probably, mm -hmm. uh, had, had Kristen just not been in the mix, we would not have done a coffee shop slash venue, you know, it yeah. would have been a, a pizza place slash venue or, you know, something else because we didn't have that same kind of passion and, and the know-how that Kristen had yeah. for those things. And blessing. so there's been a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of things in life right now that would not be the way they were if, if Kristen hadn't been involved and, and in the way that she was. Yeah. So. And vice versa, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm sure she's so grateful for you guys and what you, the space that you've given to her. For sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and like, it's that, that, I mean, obviously like in, in having, um, you mentioned earlier that the, the Genesis project has some, some clothes now in, in death proof and stuff like that. And, um, like I've been able to, to utilize my graphic design stuff for the coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Um, Kristen does, um, like distressing and upcycling of, clo of clothing and stuff like that. And in the not too distant future, we'll have her stuff in death proof as well. Yeah. So, you know, like another one of those things for that, that we want a death proof to be as far as that collaborative art space. So you where know does what death I mean? proof come from? What is the, what, where does the name? <laughs> so, um, death proof, uh, it, it honestly, it started, um, 
Kristen and I and our uh, our friend Dylan actually we were just trying to think of a name initially that uh, I felt had a branding potential. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I was trying to think of something that had imagery that would be something that people would want to wear on a t-shirt mm-hmm. or you know have on a coffee cup, things like that. Um, and and then that escalated. Um, and yeah, we, you know, kind of kicking around ideas and stuff and, and just honestly like shooting random groupings of like words or things together. Just like, Oh, let's put these two words together. That should be cool. And just days of like, Nope, that, that ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. And, um, death proof is actually, it's the name of a, a movie as well. Um, and, uh, a movie that Kristen and I both really liked. And so she had just kind of jokingly, said like death proof you know like what about that and I was kind of thinking about it and it checked all the boxes for like what kind of visual stuff we could do mm-hmm. with it well, and, and then, the fact that how many times have you heard from somebody hey how you doing oh I'm just dead man I mean yeah so I get my coffee I'm, yeah I like I can't go through my day and, and don't and talk to like, me until I've had my don't, coffee don't you know like all of that I... kind of stuff so she says this and I'm thinking about it and I'm like and it just oh my god like this is this is so applicable this is everything actually that like this word applies so much to like the coffee culture the coffee lifestyle this is coffee to keep you living yeah exactly this is exactly what I what I wanted you know so it was it was a really happy accident that we kind of stumbled into um, that really the only reason it happened like that is just because like I said death proof is a lot of things that we like Uh, and and like I said it it, it fit with the aesthetic that we were trying to go for that kind of grindhouse vintage look Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of edgy side of things that we wanted to have. And then, it, like I said, it was applicable to coffee. It, it made sense, you know. Mm-hmm. So that that was how that happened. That's so crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. it does. It just kind of it just sounds perfect. Right. Doesn't it? It just sounds like death yeah. proof. And it's kind of like, that's, and it, it's intriguing. It's like, what is this place? Exactly. I want to go in there and see yeah. what it's like. Yeah. And I felt like it was something that also like applied to like a lot of different things. Like I said, being that I have so many siblings and, and that we're all very interested in, in, in different things. I have no idea like where this you know, ends like it is, is death proof coffee, just death proof coffee and death proof venue is death proof coffee, death proof coffee and death proof venue and, and death proof pizza and death proof, mm. you know, like down the line, who knows what, what the death proof brand is going to be, but it fit with everything that we wanted to yeah. do and accomplish. Well, that's interesting. Cause it's like Genesis project, the same way it's turned from a clothing brand to a, a lot bigger. It's just an umbrella yeah. now. It's a brand. Yeah. What what are we gonna create underneath? Collaborative it? art space. Yeah, you know? like whatever these things. Yeah, exactly. It expands to more than <laughs> expanded to more than what you thought it was. When it's yeah, done. exactly. Because then you create culture in a community yeah. that's just like let's do it. Let's and it's really amazing to get. This is what I've found, and I've talked about it before on this. Mikel has done a lot of different things, and a lot he's tried this and this and this and this and this. And then I was always I. Personally, I made fun of him. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're trying this, this. What are you going to just stop and just do something? And finally, I mean, my, my heart opened and my mind opened. And then when he started doing this, I connected with it because it came from his heart. There was something different about this. It was an experience he had that he wanted to create for other people. Mm-hmm. And that's when I connected to it. And then that's when I was like, this, I'm so connected to this. I want to spread it too. So it's like from day one, I've been as... I've loved everything about it and I wanted to talk about it and I'm so open about it. Yeah. And that's just, it's kind of cool that even like for me now, it's, I feel the same way about you guys. It's like, go to death proof. You got to go to death proof, yeah, man. For it's sure, crazy. Man. For sure. I, I think you nailed it though. When you talk about creating something out of, out of experience and passion 
and and our honest belief in everything we do is that uh, we want to create a an environment that is inviting and and comfortable and yet pushes people to to become more mm-hmm. uh, of, of whatever it is that they are to push that creation to to another level and we see it in everything that we do that that uh, everything that you see and feel and taste and and and, and hear and it, it's all a part of it right mm-hmm. so so where Isaac's passion is very visual in lighting and and creating dimensional space spaces uh, he does photography that's his that's his ultimate passion mm-hmm. I mean, lighting design is is something that he does and does yeah. well his passion is photography and and yeah. uh, what, what do you not experimental uh, what, what do you call uh, the, the type of art um, oh, I'm I don't even know. <laughs> just like, I, yeah, I mean, because it, it's it, it's all uh, uh, kind of abstract, but uh, uh, very emotion evoking, mm-hmm. um, and, and and that's everything that he does then with lights, and and then take Nick with with music and sound, and it's it's all the intent is to to create or or boost, uh, fulfill. Uh, enhance emotion, right? Yeah. Uh, and and then bring it back to uh, the the space and the way people handle people who come in and out of the space and, and that customer service and treating customers as human beings and and giving them all of your attention and and trying to work them uh, into the space where they get exactly what they want the way they want it so that they find something yeah. new and 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 then and in creating that in such a way that. That uh, it gives them warm fuzzies inside, right? That I, I oh, I never would have thought that that. And that's uh, what people connect to is feelings. Yeah, absolutely. And it all it comes from. It's like that's what I what I see is that if I can get somebody to connect to my feelings, that's when they understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. It's and like I can talk all the time about this, and you should do this, and these are your answers. Though until somebody and until I really like get it inside me and I feel it right here in my chest, right. I'm not going to get it till that point. Yeah. It's emotion. It's that feeling. It's that like passion. Like, and I know how, you, I mean, I'm sure when you get passionate, it's like this thing, this overwhelming feeling just whoo, like coming out of your body and you just yeah, can't stop yeah. it because it's just, it's just coming out and things are flying. And, and that's when, like, like this, this is what I like, because I love talking to people. Yeah. I get passionate talking. Yeah, for sure. And being able to connect with people in that way, this is a lot of fun. And so, yeah. Uh, and you guys, I mean, you go and you speak on stage a lot, and then you go sing on stage. <laughs> like, that's so crazy. Yeah. Did you ever do music, Mike? Yeah, yeah. So, actually, he's... That's where it all began. Yeah, he's the reason <clears throat> that, I, that I started playing music at all, as far as, like, uh, um... Dad, dad, dad did music. Dad played music in the house as long as I like. Growing up, I there are tons of photo evidence of this too. But like, I, I don't ever remember many times dad not having a guitar when I was like young, young. Mm-hmm. And then and I, your mother constantly running around and yeah, singing. Yeah, and mom. Yeah, and mom house. was was uh, a vocalist. Um, like like technical vocalist you mm-hmm. know like not just oh i sing but like knows the notes and knows mm-hmm. the exercises and all of that kind of stuff that like she actually 
uh, did that, you know, and, and, and played the saxophone, I think for a bit and, uh, a bunch of other stuff like that. And so like music, it was always like a part of everything, but like, um, yeah, I actually, I wanted to play drums initially, uh, and it just wasn't like feasible in, in a house of 10 kids to throw a drum kit in the basement and not be obnoxious, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so it was just kind of one of those things where, uh, I think even Ike uh, had had got a guitar then, and I just watched you and Ike do guitar stuff for a long time, and eventually I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll just try that then if those two are doing it. And, yeah, that's and, right. I got that little mini Stratocaster. Yeah, and then, and about, then I basically this big. yeah, and then I <laughs> basically stole it from him and played it all the time. Um, but like, yeah, I, I I wouldn't have I probably wouldn't have started playing guitar. I uh, had had Dad not. Um, played it all the time and, mm-hmm. and it taught himself to play like I wouldn't have I probably wouldn't have thought that like oh I can just teach myself how to play guitar you know mm-hmm. so and like he definitely filled a lot of those gaps on like my inabilities to teach myself things because I was just a kid like I yeah. what probably 13 yeah. 12 13 when I started playing so yeah and it's what filled in a lot of the the, the spaces as we move forward in this because we had all of this experience in in multiple instruments and then playing on stage and then doing the actual production and I'm kind of a tech geek and so I well, yeah, even I, I suck up all of the you know all of the sound equipment and all of the electronics I was gonna say yeah we're all very interested in that stuff anything that can make life easier I mean these guys do all of the production for all kinds of backing tracks for yeah I was gonna say so like video and and music him and Isaac put together tons and tons of hours and hours and hours of of tracks yeah that, that just never ending um which is all stuff that like i was really excited to be able to bring to like the venue and stuff having like worked on on tracking and recording a multitude of different instruments and yeah. stuff not just guitar um and stuff like that like is, is really helpful for being able to um like learning how to to mic and mix and do things like in a live setting too you know as yeah, far as I think one of the one of the things that that potentially could come out of this down the line is is uh, a, a place where we can uh, allow a space for people to create uh, audio and video whether it's uh, uh, short videos for social media or yeah. or uh, commercial type stuff uh, you know longer spaces that we have a lot of those things already in our possession for uh, the, the production of, of high quality video. And, well, and, and like this is this is no matter which way you look at it. Like we still we've only been open since June, and, and, yeah, and, and this is still six months into this. Yeah, this, this is, is this crazy. Is, this is this is still the ground floor. Yeah, you know, like there's. There's, Nobody knows we exist yet. There's so yeah. much every, more. Every day somebody comes in and goes, I had no idea this was here. Yeah. yeah. Well, and even just the things of like people coming in and talking to us like, oh, is this like, this is, this is it, you know? And it's like, well, no, like I, the, well, there's the, so much, there, more there's so much more that we had envisioned before we even started that we haven't even got to yeah. yet. You know, like, oh, like one of the things I tell people all the time, just because it was such, now that we've launched the coffee shop, I realize what a ridiculous pipe dream it was to think that the three of us could launch a 24 hour coffee shop. Mm-hmm. But that was legitimately, that was one of the things that we wanted to do, uh, at the, at the front end of things was just be a 24 hour coffee shop because nobody else was doing that. And, and to think that we were just going to try and do that with just 
my two siblings as employees and stuff. Like, that's crazy. But, like, I still am hoping that someday we get to those points, you know? So there's a bunch of stuff that, that we... That we plan, that we have, that we want to execute. That that eventually, I hope that we're at a place where we can, and and that this is not by any means the the end of. This of, is just the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This, the best this is, is yet the, to come. Yeah, this is the very beginning of, of what I hope is is something very long term and, and something very um, uh, I don't know helpful to the to the community and to the culture in Boise. Yeah, I want to speak on that because you said something that really pipe my ears up is that this was that was all a dream in the beginning it was a dream that you guys wanted to go 24 hours yeah. and it was but that's not what, how it started yeah. that's your dream yeah. and that's what you're still envisioning for the place yeah. and that's what i'm it's just consistency and it's and it's vision and it's patience that that's going to happen at mm-hmm. some point just because it doesn't happen right now doesn't right. mean to stop and like that's where I'm coming from for where I'm at in my life is just because what I'm envisioning for myself isn't here yet yeah. doesn't mean I should stop. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really important for me to hold on to my beliefs and my moral compass and just go because not everything that I want and all the answers I want right now are going to happen right now. Right. It's yeah. very important to be patient. Well, and like, if you don't believe in yourself, who, how, how, how should somebody yeah, else, you know exactly. what I mean? Like if you don't believe you can do it, if, if you don't have that kind of, uh, t- tenacious like outlook on, on what you're trying to accomplish yeah. then how can you expect that kind of investment from somebody yeah. else? If I don't believe wholeheartedly in what I'm trying to accomplish, then how can I ask you to, to, yeah. And you know, true. and and yet along with that, we've learned to to hold on to things very loosely. Yeah. Uh, don't get too attached attached to anything. to one specific concept. Because of because often yeah, oftentimes you have this this grand idea of how things should be, and then as you gain more pieces of the puzzle, you recognize that that grand idea either isn't possible with the pieces you have, or it, it, it it's not. It's not the thing that, yeah. that the pieces you've been you've gathered together are going to become something completely different, and to be open to moving in another direction and not looking that at at that as saying, "Ooh, I fell short of my dream and my hope no. and whatever," but that but that that dream was what got you to this place where you recognize that there's something else over here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and it's so true. And like, the speak back on your guys' family versus and not comparing just what, what I'm noticing is that you guys are very um, similar, at least from the people that you've talked about in your family, very musical driven, yeah. uh, lights, art, performing arts, whatever that is for yeah. you guys. And I'm realizing because and in my family, there's three biological and two adopted and the two adopted kids. Well, we didn't necessarily get what they were into. Like sure. Mikhail Kapanamaya, all very musically and artistic. Like they were all big into that stuff sure. where, when David and I came to live with the family, it was I want to. We were homeschool. I want to go to public school. I want to do sports. I want to be sure, popular. Yeah. I want to be known. I want people to see me. I want to wear nice clothes. Like we came from a different, completely different place. Sure. Because we came from a, like our our lives before this right. family were yeah. different too. Yeah. You you touch on a great thing. Um, yeah. And and what you found was the things that you had grown up seeing as important and valuable, you, you encountered a group of people who looked at most of that stuff and went, yeah, I don't really care if I have any of that or no, not. No, that's exactly and, what it was. And, and, it, and it was difficult for you to take a look at that and go, yeah, but this is everything to me. 
how do you feel now after spending time in this family and looking at this stuff and looking back on those things? How do you feel about those things today? The same things? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, where, that's where I'm coming from is that obviously being a part of this family, I'm starting to um, take things from back then and now. And a big thing for me was going to college. And that was like, I'm going to make it my own way because they were very, you don't have to go to college and all this stuff. Sure. So my idea was, I'm going to college. I'm going to prove you wrong that I can make it going to college. I went to college for a year and was like, uh-uh, this isn't what I want. <laughs> and then now it's been this journey of, I want to be like them. Yeah. And I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to do all that. What I'm failing to recognize and what I've learned is that how I feel about all of that is that either way, I'm going to find my path, though it's very hard to try to be like them when I'm not. So how yeah. I feel about it is that I don't I don't want to put myself where they are yeah. anymore because it hurts. It really yeah. does. Like I feel like I need to compare to them. I need to be like them. I like no, man. It's like I, trying I, to fit it, into a shoe that's yeah, wrong. Yeah, any, any more than it is any more than it is to go to college and try and be like everybody who is there. Mm-hmm. Then you need to be you and yeah. and to be happy with yeah. what's you. And I guess where I was where I was kind of prodding you was was that our our identity, uh, who we are. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of ways that we can find that, and unfortunately, societally right now, uh, largely due to the the easy access to the best part, or at least the what everybody wants you to see is the best part of their life. And then I'm speaking to social media right yeah, now, which we're you know which we're 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 on right now. Yeah. But, well, I mean, but, but but that everybody gives you the snippet of of their well, greatest. It's a highlight, the, well, it's a it highlight but it's that, not even a it's not even a real. Highlight reel. It's the highlight reel that everybody wishes that they could have. But that's you what know, I'm you take a snippet, a picture. We take a selfie of something, and and when we take it, we we frame it in such a way that it looks amazing, and yet it really could be part of an average ordinary day. Mm-hmm. But everybody else sees it and goes, "Wow, I wish I could be that." And so as you talk about. Um, we, we have a culture right now that is so wrapped up in what everybody else is doing and, and everybody wanting to be what everybody else is and have what everybody else has. And, and, and the, the, well, even just to have the recognition. Of yeah. Media and marketing like, and everything me, pushes, validate me. <laughs> pushes you to say, you know, buy this and you will be like that or do this and you will be like that or you will feel like yeah. this or feel like that. And, and so. And what I'm finding is that a lot of the, it doesn't, it, 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 it creates a lot of emptiness inside. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Because, because none of that stuff delivers. Mm-mm. None of that stuff actually gives you what you're hoping for for any more than a short period of time. You want? Can I tell you something? Yes, quick, absolutely. A story. It's, it's kind of silly, and I'm and this is me coming from a place where I am very my, my validation. My that validation is look what I have, look what I'm wearing. That's what, I, but that's what I'm that's, saying. That's, 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 yeah, and that's and that's really where I'm finding my authenticity and walking out of that. And that's yeah. a big thing for me. So the things that I buy, shoes, um, last night I realized that I, I bought these dope basketball shoes. I'm like, everybody's going to love these. I love them. They're dope. And I'm wearing them. I go play basketball. And I'm just looking at them like, dude, these are fresh. And guess what? Nobody said anything to me about that. <laughs> so I got home. And you're like, I'm 160 bucks lighter. Yeah. And, 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 and nobody cared. And nobody cared. And so I'm, I, I, have, I was wearing these awesome other shoes that I bought just because I, I was wearing a workout. And I had these other shoes. And I got home and I put them down and I said, nobody said anything to me. <laughs> nobody came up to me and said, dope. That, mm-hmm. that, that 
that importance to me that somebody comes and um, that like affirmations or somebody says, wow, that's awesome. You look cool, whatever. That's, that's where I find a lot of my value. Yeah. And I got none of that yesterday. Yeah. And I got to go home and I look at myself in the mirror and I said, I am who I've been looking for. And I just tell myself that because I am, though I'm walking away from all of the stuff that I buy to make me feel valuable. That's what I'm like. That's what I'm saying. That dude, like that. That's why I brought up the validation part of things. Cause it's something that I'm actually <laughs> kind of working through in my life as well. Um, in, 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 in trying to clear up why I feel the way I feel with certain things and, and not with other things and finding why certain things validate me and other things don't. And yeah. like, what am I actually looking for in this? And, and why, why am I looking for this? Why does it matter what these people think, you know? Um, and, and it, what's, what's unfortunate is, uh, the, the, the the society that we live in, uh, the world that we live in is in a constant state of perpetuating, uh, the, the never ending stream of validation that we are requiring, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and, and that's and what it's worse are. now than it ever yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not backing down and it's not in a position that it's going to anytime soon. And so trying to find those, those ways of, 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 being comfortable in what you are and stuff with without that validation is really difficult in a world where where everybody is looking for that and where time, we all you know? yeah where we all see it every single yeah. day so here's an interesting thing um i i raised my children to to all uh not seek validation in mm -hmm. in, in those fashions in fact I, I i always have told them that you know what when you meet somebody for the first time nobody asks you uh, where you went to school or what your grades were or how well you did. Uh, nobody necessarily cares what mm -hmm. shoes you're wearing or whatever, but, but they do see your character. They do see who you are. They do see whether or not you're a kind, nice, loving person. Um, th those are the first things that somebody noticed. And, yeah. and the reason I say this to you is because the first time I met you, um, uh, I didn't notice what you were wearing. Yeah, oh, no, dude, but I, but I noticed <laughs> I noticed uh, a, a light that that came from you that you were a happy. Uh, well, I'll just uh, I'll go into specifics. Go. When we met, uh, you made constant eye contact with me. You yeah, were you cared about what I was saying to you? What I was our totally conversation. Amazed was what you were paying attention to. It was all that you were paying attention yeah. to while we were talking. And that meant a lot to me in five seconds. Yeah. It didn't take more than five seconds for me to understand that you cared about what we were talking about, that you cared about what I was saying, even though we had just met. Yeah. And that meant more to me than anything that you would have been wearing at that point. In yeah. Time. You right. know what I mean? And and I knew exactly it like I said, five seconds. And I knew exactly oh, this, this is this is who good, you are. This is a good kid. When I met yeah. you at the runway, it was it was uh, immediately evident that you cared about what was going on, yeah. you cared about how it was For going sure. on, and you cared about the people who were involved and making sure that it all went the way it was supposed to, above and beyond how good you looked, and you looked good, yeah. you know? I mean, and, and so sure. that was part of it. Sure. I mean, you're a model in the show, and, and you need to look good, but whether that was what was inside you, I need to look good, and I need to make sure that everybody knows I look good, that's not what came out. What came out was, I need to make sure that everybody else looks good. Yeah. And, and when everybody else looks good... I look good. <laughs> you got it, baby. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. And it is 1225, and I work at 1. So <laughs> I think that was a good place to wrap it up too. And I really appreciate that. I do. That yeah. honestly makes me, my heart 
happy. So thank you guys so yeah, much. Of course, man. And that doesn't mean we can't have a part two to this too. Because yeah, I right, love dude. talking to you guys. All right. So thank you guys for coming in. Yeah, I love you both. <laughs> and this is Death Proof Coffee, everybody. Go check them out again on Fairview and Five Mile on that little corner section. 10481 West Fairview. That's right. Yeah, man, That's right. Is. All right, guys. Catch you next time. Peace.